Sandra True from Get Real Parental Coaching Podcast and this podcast is for dads. So today I've got Sir Royce Bree Alice with me today, dad of three, and he's going to be talking about his journey and all sorts of things that go on as a dad. We want to hear all of it. Don't miss nothing out. So let me welcome Sir Royce to the show. How are you? Oh, doing well, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And first of all, I think you have to explain to people about this whole Sir Royce, where this servant come in. I know we talked about it, but it'd be nice to, <laughs> for the listeners to get to understand where the sir come into it. So let's just run that bit first. Well, my uh, the co-founder, uh, Dr. Raheem Young, he doesn't like to be called doctor. So I, I kind of get on him about that. We we actually were recording a podcast. One of the, the guests, we were talking about, why don't you use your doctor? The doctor in front of your name, you went to school for eight years. You should use it. There's more authority to your name. So I was like, well, if you're not going to say doctor, I'm going to say sir. <laughs> I'm calling <laughs> It was kind of a joke. It doesn't sound bad. I went on LinkedIn that night and changed my name, and I've been I've been Sir Royce ever since. Wow! So you actually changed by depot and stuff. Oh no, I didn't change it. Like officially, it changed. Went on my profile, went into the settings, and like changed the the profile name. That's about it. But pretty much did that all, across all my platforms. Wow! Call me Sir Royce. It's kind of funny that uh, people really do call me that, like just uh, out of respect, you know. But it's kind of nice to hear, like when people say Sir Royce, it's pretty cool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds cool to even. Say it. I'm like, well, that's cool. So let's hear about your three children then, in terms of boys, girls, age groups. Yeah, so I have uh, two boys and a baby girl. She's not a baby no more. Uh, They're uh, 11, 7, and uh, 6. Soon to be uh, 12, 8, and 6. My daughter just turned 6. Okay. uh, Fun ages. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, Sir Royce, I'm really strong on connection in terms of how dads build their connection with their children, boys and girls. So if you could share a memorable moment or experience that you feel strengthened your bond with your children. So I'm all about having time with my kids without screens. A lot of times uh, we got kind of get trapped in uh, the loop of here's your tablet or here's, we can watch a show or a movie together. Like uh, I really like getting outside the house. I'll give you one recently. Normally our routine at night is they like to watch one show before they go lay down for bed and we all watch the show together i'm like well tonight we're gonna do something a little different everybody put your shoes on so i ain't tell them nothing else put your shoes on we're gonna go for a ride and it was like maybe eight o'clock the sun's already down it's pretty much nighttime at this point and i took them to a park a park that we normally go to well like it's like a real big park around here we played tag in the park and uh it was dark and they were having a, a ball just running around and also pro tip if you do this they'll be more tired so <laughs> they'll be more ready to go to bed when they get home so but uh that's one recent time where i, I built more of a connection with them just by you know taking them out of our normal routine doing something different you know what i absolutely love that because it just switches things up number one and number two it tires them out and i'm a sucker for outdoors i absolutely love outdoors and i like the way you talked about the whole less screen time that's so important right now and we don't sort of use that enough especially to find out what your children are doing what they've done for the day when everyone's just up in their screens type thing so let's talk about your 11 year old then what would you say your challenges are with 
with your child, with your 11-year-old? It's really him and my and a seven-year-old. They like the same things, basically. They like video games. They like video games a lot. So they play together, actually. So uh, sometimes I give them extra time because they're you know spending time together uh, playing video games. But um, the challenge that I have is pretty much a challenge that a lot of parents have nowadays is uh, the kids love the screens. So not just uh, TV, but they got tablets, they got cell phones. My kids don't have cell phones yet. When my, the 11-year-old had one, but he lost it. But just the challenge of having them do different things, have different experiences, that's the challenge that I have because they'll just sit here all day. If I let them sit on the video game and play, they'll, they'll play uh, the PlayStation all day. <laughs> I'll say in the morning, they get maybe an hour, maybe two hours. In the evening, they might get an hour. Uh, but no more than that because that'll be pretty much most of their day is looking at a screen. Do they switch off when the timer buzzes? No, I have to go get them. <laughs> Because they hear the time, but they're still they so locked into the game. They, they're not really focusing on anything buzzing in the background. So I have to like literally go in there and say, hey, man, time's up. You heard the timer. Like It's time to get off. <laughs> okay. I do have a, a trick. With, well, it's not really a trick, but it's almost like telling the children, if the timer goes off and you ignore the timer, you choose to ignore it, whether you heard it, whether you think you heard it or you didn't, then there's no screen time the following day. Oh, yeah. Hit them where it hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. It works because they want it so bad, but it makes them now playing and it makes them conscious of the time. So you wouldn't need to, by the time you come up there, it's already switched off. But you may have to do that a few times for them to get it. It will work. That's just a tip anyway. <laughs> That's just a tip. I'm telling you. It will. I'll put that in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in your tip bag. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you handle sort of moments of disagreement or conflict while still maintaining a good strong connection so i focus on not raising my voice sometimes my kids get frustrated they might raise their octaves a little bit but i try to stay right here while i'm talking i even might lower my voice so they can hear me even pay attention even more because uh, if i'm screaming like you are nobody's gonna really be hearing or listening to anybody so i really like to try to like keep my composure, keep my cool. I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it, but you know, I really like to try to focus on controlling my breath, staying calm, and making sure that I can keep a level head while I'm dealing with whatever I'm dealing with with them. And do you find that's working? I think so, yeah. I think uh, even for them, my kids, they calm down a lot faster if a situation that's going on. Right now, I'm dealing with the feud between uh, the two boys against my baby girl. Like they, <laughs> that's the <laughs> dynamic. If the two boys get along fine. They may have little mix-ups every now and then, but they get into it with her and she gets into it with them. It's a uh, kind of never-ending battle right now I'm dealing with. So uh, a lot of times it's a uh, daddy, uh, McKenna, that's my daughter's name. McKenna did this. When McKenna comes to me, oh, the boys did this. So it's just uh, a constant feud. But even in the mix of all that, I keep my calm, I keep my cool. And uh, I think that's helped relieve a lot of pressure, a lot of, a lot of stress from a lot of situations. Absolutely. That nothing can be resolved from one person's raising their voice, the other person's raising their voice until nobody's listening. Nobody's listening to anything and the problem doesn't get resolved. No, it's still a problem. <laughs> and you're mentally and uh, emotionally drained after that. Yeah. I try to keep my cool. That's not just with my kids. That's pretty much with everybody. So I, I try to really keep my cool and keep my composure. And how do you think it's different from when you were growing up to you now being a dad, bringing your children up? I think uh, I probably got that from my mom. My mom never really raised her voice. Like when I was a kid, she never really screamed at us or yelled at us. And we didn't really have any like uh, spankings or anything like that. So I think I got that calm and cool coolness from my mom. That's pretty much how she raised us. But as far as differences, like I would say my grandma 
grandmother is different though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I say I'm different from her in that regard because she she'll definitely a lot of fire underneath. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What other sort of values and morals do you think you've taken from your family's generation and brought them to your children? Well, I think communication, being able to talk to them without without yelling. You know, that's one big thing I took from my mom in particular. My dad, when I was a teenager, he wasn't really around as much. My mom and him split up. So I guess from the male point of view, I got from him, I got more of a, a sense of humor, like a way to calm the situation down uh, mm. in a different way, opposed to just like lecturing you or um, like my daughter, when she gets mad, I could tell when she's mad. I could make her smile just like that, just by doing something silly or something goofy. <laughs> Love that. That'll relieve the situation a lot. So I, I say I, I take that from my dad and, and my mom, my, her coolness. And does that still work when you take all three children out and they're really like playing you up? How do you sort of manage the whole situation and your temperament at those given times? Because they can test you, you know, these children, I'm telling you, oh my goodness, they can test you to the last limits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't spank my children. I don't what even that type of thing. So for me, I use the time. I don't call them timeouts. I call them breaks. So I'll tell my kids, hey, you keep it up. You're going to take a break when we get home or you're not going to be on your video game when we get home. And that's something that they really want. So they'll, you know, sometimes they still might be trying to test it, but for the most part, they cut it out after that. And is that good for your daughter as well? Yeah, for her too, because she likes to watch shows. She watch, likes to watch like, uh, you know, the Fire Stick, the Amazon Fire Stick, like the Netflix and all that stuff. She likes, she's really into um, like musicals now. So that's her thing now. She likes to watch TV shows. So I'll tell her the same thing. Hey, you keep it up. You know the repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> How do you and your wife sort of manage the behaviors together? Ex-wife now. So we uh, got yeah, we got divorced three years ago. So we stay in good uh, communication with each other, though. We have a good relationship now, I would say. I say that her style is a little different from mine. Like, she does spank, but she doesn't do it all the time. So she's real firm. She's real stern. Uh, and we communicate with each other what's been going on in each other's house. Like, if something that comes up, like, we got open lines of communication between the two of us. Love that. Is it a co-parenting situation then? Yeah, co-parenting. Yeah, so basically she has them uh, Monday through Friday. And I pick them up Friday and I'll drop them back off on Monday. So she has four nights, I have three nights. Okay, so and how do you feel about that? It sucks. Like, I miss <laughs> my kids. I want my kids every day. It, it hurts when I have to drop them off. That's probably the thing that hurts me the most. Uh, it's taking them back, having them get out the car and saying goodbye. And knowing that during the week when I call them, they're not, they're not really engaged all the time. Sometimes we have a good conversation, but for the most part, they're doing whatever they're doing over there. They might be watching a show or on a video game. And uh, I'm just there on the, on the screen like, uh, hey, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it. Like, they want to enjoy what they're doing. So, But it still, it sucks. It really sucks because uh, you know, it's hard to build that connection, you know, on a screen. Yeah. So um, I'm still kind of getting adjusted to that. I'm still not really all the way used to that uh, or like it even. Yeah. How long has that been, Cyrus? It's been uh, three years. So mm. we got the word. Uh, 2019 so uh so actually four years will be four years now coming up so yeah yeah it's unfortunate but in your case it is still good that you still get a good amount of time with them to bond to build your relationship and they know who you are and you do your activities with them so you're 11 year old now your son has there been any kind of things that come up where you feel it's time to have the talk or have you had the talk before what kind of things are you sort of saying 
pertain to him now because he's 11. Yeah. So this might be controversial, but I had to talk with all three of them. Love that. Oh my gosh. I didn't go into like detail, like, you know, this is what happens when, but they have questions. And um, it was one day my daughter was asking questions like, uh, where do babies come from? That kind of thing. I pretty much said like, boys have the seed, girls have the soil. Simply put, boys plant the seed and the mamas make it grow. Oh, love that. I brought it down to her levels. I didn't like go into like all the, you know, super details, but I'm going to sit down with them individually and talk to them. Like, I mean, we've had separate conversations around that, but I think it's important for kids, you know, not to make it this big thing in the shadows because it makes them more intrigued by it if they don't, you know, tell them the truth, like when they're young. So I think it's important to kind of just tell them the truth without telling them like all the gory details. So I think it's important for them to know because they're smart. Like kids are real smart. You know, they, they know a lot at a young age. So why hide that from them? I, I don't understand it. Yeah. So I love the fact that you spoke to all three of them. Absolutely love that. And I love your thought process in terms of number one, telling them the truth. And number two, not hiding it because they're only going to ask on the school playground where they're not going to hear the facts anyway. So it's better you tell them the facts. And it's also quite important to have those conversations on a general, not so much everyday basis, but to have it on a regular basis. So then it doesn't become a talk because it was an open conversation anyway. Anyway. Yeah, it's not this big thing, this big looming thing. Like, because the kids hear about the talk, like they watch TV, they got shows that have that stuff in it. Yeah, when you tell your kid, yeah, we about to have the talk, it's not this big thing that, that you're dreading to talk about. Even from their side, like you look at it from their side, it's not any pressure behind it because we already talked about it. Absolutely. And it makes it sort of more open and makes you more approachable for them to come to you because you've already, they see how you are. You're quite relaxed when you mentioned it. So, okay, well, I've got this question. So, I'm going to go and ask dad about it because I saw how relaxed and chilled he was when the conversation came up before. So I'm quite happy to go to dad. And I'm sure you're happy that they come to you anyway, if they had any questions. Yeah, exactly. That's how it should be. At some point, we become less of their parent, more of their guide. Yes. The more they grow up, they become older. So it's important to have that open line of communication at all times. Absolutely. So how do you ensure that your child feels loved and valued? Because you know, when you're having those disagreements or you're ready to say it's time for you to have your break so you know something's going on there because they weren't listening they weren't behaving so you sort of sometimes lose that connection there yeah so how do you constantly make them feel loved and valued no matter what I tell them all the time I love you I love you I love you I love you I got something with my daughter when I call her I say uh guess what and she said I already know I love you Uh, but yeah, it's important to tell them like they need to know and also not just tell them but like show by your actions like when they're playing a video game I'll sit down with them I'll watch them play I will talk about the game while they're playing it my daughter I'll, I'll lay with her while she's watching her show we'll have a little daddy daughter cuddle time like we actually spend like quality time together it's not just here's your device here's your tablet and you go off in the corner and do your own thing on your phone I'm actually engaging with my kids like while they're doing those activities yeah I love that yeah I think quality time is, is important not just to tell them that you love them, but to show them by actually spending time with them. And were you able to do all that when you were together with your wife? Yeah, I did. I, I took them for walks. We used to go for walks all the time. Like I'll put my two boys in the stroller when they were, you know, small enough to fit in the stroller. <laughs> <laughs> we'll walk around the neighborhood, walk to a park. They'll play for a little while, get back in the stroller, we'll walk back. I have some music playing on my little Bluetooth speaker. Like we'll make it a thing. Yeah, we definitely spent a lot of time. That's the one thing I really miss is being with them all the time. Mm. You know, I was with seven days a week. 
before. And now it's that's basically cut in half. So it makes the time I have with them now even, even more important. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, because if you're only having them for three days of the week, you want to make sure that those moments count and create yeah. those memories, like what you're doing, just chilling with them and playing their games with them and just knowing that you're there. I love that. So what do you think is the most valuable lessons that you've learned from your children? I would say uh, enjoying the moment, like being present has been the biggest lesson because it's easy to get distracted. And they actually show me that by being on their on their devices at times, they kind of zone in, they're present on the game. Like the focus they have on that is amazing at that age. But for me, being really present, being able to slow things down, like, because there's always stuff going on. Even when you have your kids, you got to make sure they're fed properly. You got to make sure uh, they're not beating on each other. You, you got to be doing all these things. And you might have to work too at the same time. But to really, I really practice mindfulness a lot. Like uh, if I feel myself getting overwhelmed or too stressed, I'll literally just close my eyes, take a breath, take three breaths. I count them one, two, three, just to get right back here in this moment. So since I've become a dad, being present, one lesson I've learned, and it's been a, a great lesson. I absolutely love that. So this is a good question, actually. Do you teach your children mindfulness and breathing techniques and even affirmations and stuff like that? Yeah, I do. Uh, we actually meditate together. So I have the Google devices. I think I got the Amazon Echo around here somewhere. But I could just literally say, uh, okay, Google, let's meditate. Especially when it's times where they're like, they just, they just caught on. I don't know if you can hear it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I set up time where we actually sit down together and we'll meditate to maybe five, 10 minutes. Well, it won't be too long, but uh, we'll just close our eyes and listen to the app is telling us and, and we'll become more present. Even in those moments where they're getting mad or they're frustrated, I tell them in that moment, take a deep breath, like take two breaths, take 10 breaths, count your breaths, like take a moment. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So is there anything that you feel like as a dad that you haven't been able to either achieve or accomplish? Only thing I haven't done yet that I really want to do with my kids is take them out the country, like to have a, a family vacation. We recently just had like a little staycation. We got a hotel room uh, somewhere here around Chicago and we you know, stayed in a hotel for a night, which is pretty cool. I want to be able to take my kids somewhere, let them see the world, you know, become well-traveled. I think it's yeah. important also to, to see what other cultures and other countries look like, not just see them on the TV or see them on a, uh, in a book, but actually like literally like get out the plane and, and see what the weather is like in a different country. Yeah. I love that. So don't rush to come to the UK though, because <laughs> our summer is gray skies and rain. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like your background over there. Oh no, this background with my palm trees that you can see and the and the nice waves going in—that's my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Thank you. So just to wrap up, then, Sir Royce, can you share a piece of advice for the other dads looking to foster a deep, lasting connection with their children? Well, one thing I mentioned before, like being present, that's one. And um, also, when you talk to your kids, you have to listen to your kids. So don't just be, you know, lecturing your kids and. And have it be a one-way street. Like you have to let your kids talk to you because you can pick up things. You can uh, learn about them in a way that you never thought you could. Be open to listening. I did an exercise with my kids, to, like a word scrabble game. I said, you can use this word. It's one word. And you can spell another word with it. The word is listen. Start with the word listen. And if you use those same letters, you can spell a whole nother word. And I said, I'll give you the first letter. The first letter is S. And then they picked each letter and it ended up spelling silent. You can spell silent with the 
word listen. That's probably on purpose. <laughs> can't listen if you talk. <laughs> it's impossible. Love that. So, and I put it into practice. So when my kids, they got a problem or they want to talk, they got my full attention every time. I absolutely love that. And that's so true. And it's also true. It's also important not to react so quickly based on something that they've told you. It's all about taking that deep breath, as you said, again, or even saying, well, you know what? I'll come back to you on that. Yeah. So it gives you that time, doesn't it, to escape <laughs> a few minutes. Yeah, it gives you a little buff. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so Royce, it's been amazing chatting to you. Thank you so much for coming on. And where can people get hold of you if they want to talk to you a bit more as a dad and just learn a bit more about your journey and so forth? Yeah, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Search my name, Sir Royce Brialis. Also, uh, our website is uh, WTFatherhood.org. Also, you can search up Welcome to Fatherhood on any platform and you'll find my organization there. Lovely. So I'm going to put all those details in the show notes below so people can reach out to you whenever they can. So thank you so much again for coming on and thank you to the listeners for listening. I hope you've managed to take away a few nuggets from Sir Royce Brialis here and uh, take care until I hear from you soon. All right. All right.